재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Well, the global economy received some news that many people are taking as a positive development. China, the second largest economy in the world, announced that its economy had grown by 6.7% in the second quarter of 2016, coming in slightly above analysts' expectations and uh, having some people breathe a bit of a sigh of relief, especially in the aftermath of Brexit and a lot of other economic uncertainties. Um, These numbers, of course, um, don't tell the whole story, and perhaps it's not yet time to pop the champagne corks, but we're going to try to assess the situation better, what uh, China's long-term economic health is, and I suppose in turn how that filters down to the economic health of countries like South Korea. Give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51, or send us a Kakao Talk message by adding TBS EFM as a plus friend. Joining us in the studio for Economic Focus, our good friend from Catholic University of Korea, economics Professor Yang Junsuk. Professor Yang, thank you very much for joining us. Happy to be here. All right, so a little bit better. I mean, maybe, you know, often, oh, they beat expectations. Uh, The analyst said uh, maybe a little bit lower than 6.7%. How how exciting is this? What what, what are your initial takeaways? Okay, well, uh, we're desperate for good news nowadays. Uh, The uh, Chinese government had sort of a target, what there was, uh, saying as a target was between 6 and 7%. So a lot of people take that as being 6.5%. And uh, a lot of the analysts polled uh, what they expected the second quarter growth rate to be. They polled 6.6%. So 6.7 slightly beats both of those forecasts. And that's why everybody's so happy. Uh, when you go down to the uh, nitty-gritties of the numbers, there's some optimistic figures, there's some less optimistic figures. A lot of the uh, growth uh, was due to government spending and real estate construction. Uh, and problem is, it seems to be uh, the government has, try, uh, I think, uh, really tried very hard to uh, keep the uh, growth rate up to a certain level. So they've approved a lot of uh, infrastructure investment. They've uh, loosened a lot of regulations on mortgages. And for, uh, that's what they're supposed to do. So I'm not blaming them too much for that. But uh, it has a potential for creating some problems in the future. Now, that's the uh, bad news side of it. The uh, better news side of it seems to be that even uh, though a lot of the growth was dependent on uh, government spending and real estate development, uh, some of the growth seemed to come from con- uh, consumption. And it seemed to be, except for exports, a relatively uh, balanced growth overall. So Mm. it does uh, seem like there's a seed of recovery there somewhere if if they can just keep it uh, alive somehow. Okay, so um, slight improvement. You see some trouble spots, but you also see some signs of uh, positivity, at least if it's sustained. And we're not going to, of course, um, question uh, the veracity of the numbers, uh, but as an economist, and I know that there is always discussion as to the methodology used to uh, comprise these kind of figures, um, is it true that the officials in China may have been incentivized or kind of encouraged to try to post as positive numbers as possible? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do worry about the uh, Chinese figures, and 
even if it's even for uh, advanced countries, you have a lot of sometimes distrust over the numbers. Economists have a joke. You can use the uh, latest computers, using the latest software, using the latest theory, but it all comes down to data that's collected by bored little data collectors uh, who are paid minimum wage. So. Uh, uh, there's some good reasons to believe, especially since China is so dependent politically uh, on uh, economic growth for stability. Uh, there are some reasons to distrust the numbers a bit. Uh, I know a lot of development economists uh, who uses alternate figures of uh, economic growth, like, for example, uh, elect- uh, usage, usage of electricity. Uh, but And there's also a lot of consultancies which use uh, alternate figures of GDP. They try to calculate it, estimate it using other uh, figures. Uh, but the uh, good news here, though, is that uh, while the numbers themselves vary quite a bit, uh, they all seem to be on an upward trend on the second quarter. Okay, so that's, the trend is in the right direction. You mentioned some of the goals that the government has uh, with with jobs and what have you. Is it still largely a definitely a a government driven phenomenon right now with the private sector still on the sidelines? Uh, yeah, uh, there's some reasons to believe that investment is not doing as well as the general growth rate. Uh, there's some reason to believe that because the uh, government has been uh, printing a lot of what we call base money, but the uh, M2 hasn't gone up as much, that usually means that people are hoarding cash. And people who usually hold cash if they're uncertain about the future. So even though there's some things to be happy about in this picture, there seems to be at least a seed of growth here. Uh, also, it also shows that the uh, Chinese companies and individuals are quite uncertain about their future. So they're holding a lot of cash. And the Bank of uh, China's uh, president has gone on to say that they're actually in a liquidity trap right now, mm-hmm. even though their interest rate is uh, at the 3.45%, uh, I believe. And uh, so uh, they say that more fiscal policy is necessary. There's been, I suppose, a lot of recovery, especially if you look at the markets, the local Cosby and the Kosdaq, uh, the Dow also quite high. And you kind of wonder, I mean, we've had perhaps a, a slight positive run. We had a very good jobs report last month for the U.S. economy. Uh, this uh, GDP growth uh, number from from China. Are we you saying glimmers of hope? But uh, with China, a lot of people have been worried about yeah. that so-called hard landing. Can we avoid that? Uh Right now, I would not guarantee that we're going to avoid that. One of the uh, problems with using this kind of expansionary fiscal policy and monetary policy is that you're driving up a lot of debt. You're driving up a lot of government debt and monetary debt. And that was one of the problems that China had to begin with. Their uh, economy, especially the state-owned enterprises, uh, they were very worried about having a lot of debt. And so the banks themselves are very weak. And uh, that's always been their weakness. And And uh, this is not going to help. But on the other hand, this is what you're supposed to do if you're in a recession. Uh, That's what governments are supposed to do. They're supposed to uh, expand um, uh, fiscal policy. They're supposed to uh, have expansionary monetary policy uh, when they're in a recession. So it's – if it goes well, then they should – this should reduce the uh, effect of the recession or the slowdown. But it is increasing some of the dangers in the future. 
Right. As you're saying, uh, they're basically following the blueprint. Blueprint. Uh, it does seem to at least have somewhat of a positive exp- uh in fact, we're going to continue this discussion. We'll talk more with Professor Young, get his thoughts on how this may affect the uh, South Korean economy in a positive way. And we'll also talk to a couple of economists from overseas, uh, namely in Hong Kong, and get their thoughts on the situation in China, the uh, prospects of a uh, recovery, uh, at least for from the global perspective, and what remains as far as challenges. So give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51. We'll be back with another check of traffic and weather. Stay tuned. You're listening to Primetime.